Come in. Here we go again. Up early, feed the dog, out the door, traffic, at the office, boss in some kind of mood today, no time for lunch, annoying co-worker, no time to relax, bedtime. Then we gotta do it all again? Uh, no way. Because the best way to break up the mundane every day is to play. At Wild Rose Casino and Resort. Slots, tables, sports, and a whole lot of perks when you join and play with your club wild card. So, let's play. Wild Rose Casino and Resort, Clinton. Does your financial advisor take the time to really listen to you? Is your financial strategy personalized for you and your family? Will your financial advisor be there as your life and financial situation changes? When you work with Edward Jones, they focus on what's important to you. You'll work together and use an established process to create a personalized financial strategy backed by the advice, tools, and resources to help you reach your goals. And they'll partner with you to help your strategy stay on track. Visit edwardjones.com or stop by the office of Todd Nash in Coralville, Jeff Rudolph, or Scott McGill in Iowa City, or Travis Whitmore in North Liberty. Edward Jones, Making Sense of Investing, member SIPC. Hello there and welcome to the Hawk Fanatic Mailbag Podcast. I am your host, Rob Howe. We are recording this on Tuesday, August the 9th. Oh, about 9.59 a.m. So I said we would record at 10 and I'm a minute early. So maybe it's going to be a good day. I would like to thank our sponsors, um, Edward Jones, Wild Rose Casino, Systems Unlimited, and I was told by Pat Hardy, the proprietor of Hawk Fanatic, that we have a new sponsor coming on board soon. It's called Streets Maintenance Plumbing. Uh, S-T-R-E-I-T is the name. Uh, it's owned by Jim Street. And uh, they're going to be coming on here soon. Uh, I'll have a script to read from them uh, at some point soon. So probably the next podcast, mailbag podcast, perhaps next week when we do the mailbag podcast um, or maybe on Thursday when we do the Hawkeye hotspot podcast with um, Scott Docterman and myself. Um, Speaking of scripts, I will read this one. Support for this podcast comes from Systems Unlimited, celebrating 50 years of providing services to people living with disabilities and mental health needs throughout East Central Iowa A list of their services and upcoming events can be found at sui.org. Thank you to Systems Unlimited, Edward Jones, Wild Rose Casino. Uh, The Edward Jones and Wild Rose Casino, as you heard coming in here, I do the read for Systems Unlimited, and we'll have a read for Street Maintenance Plumbing soon. So welcome aboard to them. Thank you guys for checking in and listening to the podcast. And had a really excellent podcast. uh submissions this week uh for questions uh and we have some that reach back to last week uh august the 5th uh was uh so whenever that was what's today tuesday that was probably what the saturday i can't do math guys i'm sorry uh it was last week 
put it that way, because today's the ninth and it's Tuesday. So <laughs> this week started on the eighth. I guess it would have been Friday that uh, California Hawk at D. Freen asked, can you find out Iowa's football scoring average every st- season starting in two- 2015? Uh, yes, I can. And uh, I would uh, recommend any of the anytime you guys uh, have questions like this, I'm happy to answer them. Um, it doesn't, you know, it, sometimes these questions are good for me because it it reintroduces what the scoring averages were um, during the, you know, just for, you know, in this instance, I go back and I say, oh, okay, I didn't realize they averaged that many or that few of points uh, in a given season. Um, but again, I digress. Uh, if you go to hawkeyesports.com and go into the football section of the website, and that's the official website for the University of Iowa Athletic Department, uh, you can go to, uh, I forget what the tab is, but you'll see up top, you'll see a tab. You'll see various tabs of information you can get from the for and from the football program. Uh, and if you hunt around in there, you can find the media guide. I forget what tab it is. Let me look here real quick just to uh, – you go to uh, – on the on the main football page, you go to all the way to the right on the tabs, and you'll see more with a down arrow. You click on that, and you'll see 2002 to the left of that box. There's also a history uh, tab in within that tab, which I think is really good. But if you can go to the media guide – uh, in there, you click on that. It gives you the media guide that we get as uh, reporters, and uh, it's got valuable information there. And I just did that, and I um, was able to pull up Dean's question here. Going back to 2015, Iowa averaged 30.9 points in 2015. I believe that was Greg Davis's second to last season, and. Uh, or was it his last season? I don't remember. Was he back in 2016? He may have been. Anyway, Iowa goes 30.9 in 2015. That was the undefeated regular season. 2016, Iowa goes 24.9 points per game. 2017, Iowa goes 28.2. 2018, 31.2. 2019, 25.8, 2020, which was the COVID-shortened season, 31.8. And then last year, 23.4, which was the fewest since 2009 when Iowa won the Orange Bowl, when Iowa averaged 23.2 points per game, uh, which is interesting. So, um Actually, 2012, Iowa averaged 19.3. That was a train wreck season. Uh, that was Greg Davis's first as offensive coordinator after Ken O'Keefe left. Uh, but yeah, um, and some of this is, you know, you got to um, take into consideration what the non-conference schedule might be in a given year, what the conference schedule might be in a given year, because all of those things play in. So those are your scoring averages, Dean, and uh, – Appreciate the question. I think Dean's got another question. He is California Hawkeye at D Free. Uh, Drake Timbers has a couple um, from August 7th, which would have been Sunday. Uh, Asa Newsom update. Uh, he is a linebacker from Waverly Shell Rock in state kid. Uh, visited officially in 
June, the big recruiting weekend at the end of June, uh, has visited here multiple times before, uh, also has offers from Stanford, Minnesota, Nebraska, uh, what have you. Um, I always got the feeling that Asa was just going to take his time with this. Um, I, I think Iowa sits really well with him, but I just think he wants to think this through and maybe take some more visits in the fall. Um just to see, you know, I don't think he's probably been at a game at Stanford. So maybe he wants to go out there and check out a game at the farm. Maybe he commits to Iowa tomorrow. I haven't checked in with him recently. Uh, I checked in with him after the official visit. And a lot of times I kind of just lay back and not, hey, what's going on? Hey, what's going on? I just, you know, it's a recruiting process. I just kind of want to let these guys be able to um, – Go through that without a lot of headache. They get hit up by a lot of recruiting people and coaches. And, you know, with with uh, high school practice starting this week, um, they don't need any distractions. So uh, I don't really have anything new is what I'm saying, Drake, on Asa Newsom, other than he's a kid that I has been deliberate with this process. And I think he continues to be deliberate. Um, and, again, that may mean it, you know, he decides this week. It may mean he decides in September. May de- mean he does. He waits till the end of uh, the you know the season to commit. I don't know, um, but he is a key piece of this puzzle for this class. I think he's another in-state kid that uh, Iowa wants. Interestingly enough, Iowa State did not offer him, so maybe that's a tell that he's an Iowa lean. Uh, his brother plays at Nebraska. Um, I think he likes Minnesota quite a bit. And I also think he likes Stanford quite a bit. I don't know if he wants to go that far home, but I say this and people get tired of hearing me say this. It is a recruiting process. Focus on that word process. You go through the process to hopefully at the end of it, find the best fit for you. We see with the transfer portal and what have you that I think sometimes kids make decisions too quickly. Um, he, Asa gets is going to get excellent advice from his brother, Mose, who's at Nebraska, and his dad, who is the head track and cross-country coach at, uh, what is it up in Waverly? Is that uh, Warburg? I believe it's Warburg. Um, that's stupid of me not to know that. I get <laughs> I get confused, though. But, uh, yeah, he'll, he'll get plenty of good advice and uh, make a decision that he thinks at that point is the best one for him. Coffee sip time. Drake Timbers was back on Sunday. Who coaches Iowa's scout team? How entertaining would watching Iowa's – I don't know who coaches the scout team. That's a good question. I'm sure a lot of people know who that is, but I don't. And I think it's basically um, a defensive assistant of sort. Could be a grad assistant. Um, I think those those scout teams basically get a plan going in of what is – what their objective is in practice and what plays they're running and things like that. Um, And then maybe whoever has that main scout for that week of the opponent is going to, you know, lay out what that plan is. Maybe, maybe it's Brian Ferentz um, letting the defense's coaches know, okay, this is uh, what I see from 
you know, South Dakota State's defense. This is what we want to practice against. Same on the other side with Phil Parker saying this is what we see from, you know, the Jackrabbit offense. This is what we want to practice against this week. These are the things we need to focus on. I think it's probably a collective effort more than just one person. Um, but I don't know that. I'll, I'll ask at media day, um, which is Friday. How entertaining would Iowa's starting D versus scout team be? Um, <laughs> I've seen some kids' days and some spring practices where Iowa's D's had its way with the first team offense. So I don't need to see uh, a mismatch like that. So I don't think, I don't know how entertaining that would be to just watch, you know, Jack Campbell wreak havoc on you know the scout team offense. So I think you want to give the best look you can give and um, of the opponent, and then just maybe throw some wrinkles in there to keep the defense on its heels. How much would Iowa fan pay to watch Charlie Jones or Derek Mitchell as Melvin Gordon light up the scout team? Um, yeah, Derek Mitchell, may he rest in peace. He played Melvin Gordon on the scout team years ago. Um, I think Iowa fan would pay to get in to watch Iowa practices. Who knows? If the university uh, were, the know that for, were to know that for sure, uh, maybe they would charge uh, Iowa fans to get, to get into open practices and the media for that matter as well. So who knows where, uh, who knows where the income is going to come from moving forward. Uh, it sounds like a big uh, Big Ten media rights deal is on the brink of being announced. Uh, it sounds like ESPN, unless there's a change here, uh, is going to be cut out of carrying Big Ten football games for the first time in 40 years, which is amazing. Um, and I'll, we'll get into this with Scott Doctrine on Thursday's um, Hawkeye Hotspot podcast. But I think – Football will be fine without ESPN. Uh, you'll want to be on ESPN and ABC, but if you're not, people are going to find – if you're a Big Ten fan, you're going to find wherever those games are, and people have Fox, CBS, and NBC. It sounds like those are the three, along with Big Ten Network. People will find those games. It's once a week, excluding the bye week, you know, for whatever it is, four months out of the year, not even. So that'll work. I, I think what's going to hurt the most here is – for basketball. I think basketball benefits a lot from ESPN and that's going to be a little bit more uh, challenging, I think, for the conference to be able to to keep the eyeballs uh, going away from ESPN for basketball. ESPN is uh, the, the worldwide leader in sports. Uh, <laughs> I laugh at that, uh, patting themselves on the back, but um, we'll see how that goes, but we'll talk more about that on Thursday. Sorry to, to, uh, Sorry to uh, get sidetracked there. I was thinking about ways for the conference to make money. Uh, Mark Duff at Dial54 on Twitter. Any update on Brody Brecht and David Davidkoff on if D Brody Brecht and David Davidkoff are injured? Uh, I have not heard much on Davidkoff other than, um, you know, some rumblings, some speculation uh, on him. So I'll leave that one and just kind of wait till Friday to see kind of what's going on there. Or maybe some news will pop before then, but I don't like to speculate on, on, uh, on young guys and what might be going on. Brody Brecht, uh, tweaked his hamstring, I believe, uh, in playing, uh, summer baseball. So I think that's affecting him right now. And that's a tricky injury. 
with an athlete, particularly one who runs a lot uh, as a wide receiver. So I think I was just being cautious with him. Um, and that's probably a good idea. I don't think he has like a hamstring tear or anything like that. I don't think it progressed to that point. I think he felt the tweak during baseball and just kind of shut it down. And I always wonder what that cross training is between baseball and football and how that, um, how that could compromise an athlete just in terms of the different muscles being used and what you're trying to um, focus on when you're training and things like that. But you play two sports, there's twice as much chance of an injury, right? Especially when you're playing basically year round, when you consider, you know, spring football and football training in the summer and baseball in the summer and baseball in the fall and baseball in the spring. And it's a lot. And uh, that's why, no, that's why with the demands of major college sports right now, all major college sports, uh, whatever they are, they're year round commitments and it makes it hard for these guys. Um, You know, that's what makes it so much harder and you don't see, you know, the Bo Jackson's and the Frank Thomas's and, I'm trying to think who else. Danon Hughes, you know, here, um, you know, guys that are able to play two sports, baseball and football. You would think, you know, you grow up as a kid, you're able to do all those. But the the year round, the 12 month a year commitment to these sports now is is ratcheted way up. Nobody wants to be outworked by their opponents. So they feel like they need to work out every day of the year. Uh, I think it's overkill sometimes. And I think there are injuries that could be avoided by a little less um, training for certain sports. But what do I know? I'm just a a fat guy sitting at a computer right now, recording a podcast, talking to himself. So take that for what it is worth. Uh, Drake Timbers is back. Uh, This is from last night. Thoughts on Senator Manchin and Tuberville's NIL bill. Um, (laughs) I think I don't know what the hell they're doing. Is what I think. Uh, I've read through some, you know, some stories on the bill and people have a lot of questions, more questions than there are answers. Uh, I think there have been eight bills before this. Um, There's another bill going on with uh, Cory Booker. Um, I don't know. I mean, I know the NCAA is crying for help right now because they let it get to this point. Um, But you also have to, you know, you have to be careful here, whatever bill you propose, that you're not limiting what these student athletes. We just talked about the, the media rights deal. It was reported last night that NBC is going to pay $350 million a year to broadcast one game a week on Saturday nights. Um, That's insane. This is going to be over a billion dollar media rights deal. One entity, one media company, NBC, again, is going to pay $350 million a year for whatever that is, 12 or 14, you know, 13, 14 weeks of night games on its network once a week. That's, in, you know, that's just silly. That's monopoly money. So now you're going to come and tell the student athletes that we're going to cap how much you can earn. You better be careful doing any of that. Or you're going to end up in court. I don't, you know, I think these bills are going to have to be much more thought out. It's going to have to be much more comprehensive. And you're going to have to include student athletes when you're doing this. If you just want to take the side of the schools, the universities, 
and those athletic departments and you don't get feedback from the student athletes or include them in this process, I think you're pissing in the wind and it's going to come back in your face. So that's kind of my thoughts on that. Uh, E at NBA underscore fan underscore 2014 asks, how will the new basketball recruits affect chances of getting further into March Madness next year? Will Iowa football win the West this year? Why or why not? Uh, first question first, uh, you're only talking about two new players, um, uh, DeSante Bowen and um, Josh Dix are in. Josh Dix is still working his way back from a uh, severe leg break uh, that he suffered during his senior year of high school basketball. DeSante Bowen, I think, is a key piece. Um, and I think if Ira wants to go further in Mar- farther in March Madness, correct English there, I'm not picking on you, uh, E, but uh, it is farther because that's distance uh, in March Madness. Um, I think Bowen has to be a, uh, say a major contributor, but a key contributor this year. Um, however that works out, maybe it's just pushing um, Aaron Eulis and pushing each other to be better. But Iowa needs more production from that position uh, on a two-way player. Um, last year, uh, started with Joe Toussaint, struggled offensively, struggled to get the offense into uh, sets, things like that. And then Jordan Bohannon running the point understands the offensive end, very high-level offensive player, uh, but struggles on the defensive end. So getting a two-way player at that position, to me, this year is key. And if you can have both DeSante Bowen and Aaron Eulis combining to solidify that position, I think it just makes everything that much easier. Uh, you have you have the pieces elsewhere. Yeah, we have to figure out, you know, what that inside position is going to look like, if it's Riley Mulvey or Josh Agundale uh, or Philip Robracha, however you want to fill that five. Uh, but I think you're – I've said this, I keep saying this. Uh, Tony Perkins, Patrick McCaffrey, Chris Murray, that trio right there, I think, is a really solid foundation. And then you have the complementary pieces uh, throughout – uh, from Connor McCaffrey to Peyton Sanford uh, and down the list of guys that I think can help contribute as well uh, and will contribute. But I really think they need to solidify that point guard position. Whatever you get from Josh Dix this year is gravy. Uh, if he can get healthy and contribute, um, I think this team can really use his ability to shoot from the outside. Uh, you lose Bohannon from last year's team. Uh, there's been attrition the last few years uh and a lot of it has come you know from frederick to Wieskamp to mohannon some really adept three-point shooters sanford fills that role right now i think perkins is getting a little bit better at a three-point shot uh patrick is getting a little bit better at a three-point shot if you can ask chris murray uh needs to be more consistent from out there they all need to be more consistent from out there perkins mccaffrey patrick mccaffrey and um and Chris Murray all need to be more consistent from there. Josh Dix is a high-level three-point shooter. If they can get him in uh, and maybe pay the play the role that Sanford did last year, that would help this team. And those two guys, DeSante Bowen and Josh Dix, if they can uh, if they can contribute and be members of this rotation, and it, March Madness is hard to it's hard to tell. It's going to d- depend on how, what the regular season is like and getting a good seed and getting a good matchup in the tournament. 
Uh, but I think this team has a has a chance to get to that second weekend if everything breaks right. But it's a big if uh, and a long way to go for that to happen. So we'll have to see. Uh, will Iowa football win the West this year? Um, I think there's a good chance. Uh, I haven't really dug into some of the other teams here. I think Wisconsin's overrated. Um, they're always picked to win the West. I think it's a lazy pick, um, but it, it's a, a safe pick um, because they haven't won it since 2019 and they've been the class of the West. But um, last year was Iowa, obviously, and the shortened season was Northwestern. Um, Wisconsin was just ravaged by COVID, and I think that affected it quite a bit. But we'll see what happens here. A lot's going to come down to Graham Mertz and how well he plays quarterback and if he can take the next step, highly regarded kid coming out of high school. Uh, we'll see kind of where that goes. Um, and then, you know, uh, the running back, Allen, is is a stud. So Wisconsin, hey, surprise, has a stud running back. I think their defense will be good. Uh, it's going to be – I think it's going to be nip and tuck this year. It's going to be a wild West, if I can use a cliche. It's going to be wild in the West. I think Minnesota has a shot. I think Purdue has a shot. I don't think Nebraska has a shot, but that's just me. Uh, there are a lot of people that think Nebraska is ready to put it together. Yeah, I'll believe that when I see it. I think it's Wisconsin and Iowa with Purdue and Minnesota as other potential contenders. And uh, Purdue and Minnesota enjoy easier schedules than Wisconsin and Iowa, so that could play in there as well. Um, I have Iowa what, six and three in the conference this year, and I don't think that's going to be enough. Uh, so the reason I think Iowa will fall short of winning the West this year is because of the difficulty of the schedule. Just a lot of really tough games. Uh, when you bring Michigan and Ohio State onto the regular season schedule, that ratchets things up quite a bit, but we'll see. I posted my game-by-game -game predictions yesterday. Uh, you can find that on my Twitter at Rob Howe HM. Um, California Hawkeye at D Freen is back again. I noticed that Keegan Johnson, Brecht, and David Koff aren't showing up in picks from camp. Are they hurt? Keegan Johnson is still recovering from uh from core a core injury that knocked him out of the bowl game last year in the spring practice. It's been kind of tricky. It's been painful. Um, I think they're just taking it easy with him. I talked about Breck before, uh, the hamstring injury. He's kind of working his way back as well. Um, I, I just think you want to be smart in camp. I wouldn't get overly uh, concerned about either one of those guys yet. We'll find out more this week at media day, uh, but we'll see. David Koff, again, I've heard some speculation on injury and, and other things, uh, but I'm just going to leave that for now until there's been confirmation on that or some type of clarity on his situation. Uh, he's been hurt before, uh, so it certainly could be an injury. Uh, but let's see what's going on. But I wouldn't read too much into those practice photos. They seem to change every day. And I do think that the photographers are aware of what people talk about on Twitter and message boards, and they mess with them a little bit. So just be careful with that stuff of assuming or overanalyzing those practice photos. But uh, yeah, that's all I got for you on that stuff. Hopefully we get some more clarity uh, when we move forward this week uh, into uh, media day on Friday and then kids day on Saturday. So we'll have a couple days at the end of this week to answer some of these questions more clearly. Uh, but that's all I got for you right now on those. Uh, Justin Ferks at JJF 27 asks, how does price Sanford's game compare to Peyton's? Good question. Coffee set. 
So um, body types are a little different right now. Um, I think Price is a little more athletic than Peyton at this point. I'm sorry, Peyton, um, if you ever hear this, which you probably won't. Um, I think the younger brother is a little bit more uh, nimble, a little bit more athletic. Peyton is a tough kid, man. He's thick. He's built. He's not unathletic. Um, they they both shoot the ball really well. They're both high basketball IQs. They both handle it well. Um, I think there's more probably similar than dissimilar. Um, I think uh, Price is probably a little bit better off the dribble uh, at this stage. I thought I thought Peyton got better at that as the year went on last year, his freshman year. But I think they're um, I think they're very similar. Um, I think, uh, and we'll see price is only going into his senior year. So he could fill out a little bit more too. Uh, he's a little longer maybe, uh, as well. Um, but similar, I would say more similar than different, uh, just a little nuance kind of probably, I think they're probably more similar than Chris and Keegan Murray, um, were, are, um, but there are differences. Some of them are subtle. Um, athleticism, I think is a subtle difference. Um, so that's kind of where uh, it's kind of where I am on that. I want to get a chance to see Price a little bit more, but uh, that's kind of my uh, that's my view of the situation at least at this point. Uh, Dan Brockett at um, Freakademic on Twitter: Which of these things that I expect to happen is least likely to happen? Thirty sacks as a team with the D line leading the way. All three linebackers named first or second team All Big Ten, at least of one of whom is first team All American. Twenty interceptions as a team led by the DBs. It's a good question, very very thoughtful question, Dan, and I appreciate it and you checking in. Uh, I am going to go with the sacks. I'm very high on this defensive line. Uh, and the ability to rotate and keep guys fresh, I think goes a long way in that. Um, I'm not sure you look at it and say, oh, there's a there's a dominant pass rusher. But I think when you, you combined, you know, what Iowa has at tackle with the ability to get to the quarterback, along with, I think, the jump that Lucas Van Ness takes um, and Joe Evans' ability to get to the quarterback, I just – I think there's a lot there. I think the depth will help that. So I'm going to go with the 30 sacks. I think the other things you mentioned, the other uh, the other uh, proposed uh, marks here to hit are plausible, definitely. Um, first and second team for all three linebackers might be tough. Uh, people don't like to vote for three linebackers from the same team or three from one position. Uh you know, it can happen. I mean, I think we saw it with Fant and Hawkinson. Uh, those guys were unique uh, and kind of generational talents, but um, it can happen. I just think the odds based on people, the way people vote will make it difficult. Um, and I think maybe fewer interceptions this year just because of some turnover in the secondary. Um, and then also just luck. Uh, sometimes luck plays a role in that 20 is a lot. So uh, we'll see. I, I think they come in under that. I'm going to go with the 30 sacks. So appreciate that question from Dan. 
sit down at Love the Hawks uh, has a non, well, a non-Iowa related question, we'll say. Name your favorite football-related movie of all time. Then your favorite any sports-related movie of all time. You can say Ladybugs. You can't say Ladybugs. That's a bummer because um, soccer is my favorite sport and Rodney Dangerfield is a comedic genius. Um, my favorite sports-related movie of all time is Hoop Dreams. Uh, just think that's a brilliant mo- movie. Um, I, that's going to be tough tough to beat for me. Um I guess that hopefully that counts, even though it's a documentary. Um, also, like a fish, the fish that say Pittsburgh and Fast Break or my basketball movie. I'm a basketball fan. Love a lot of baseball movies too. Uh, Field of Dreams, League of Their Own, um, The Natural. Uh, big baseball movie fan. As far as football, um, I don't know if I have a favorite. Um, not a huge football movie guy though. I do like Rudy and remember the Titans, a little little Hollywoodish, Hollywoodish, if you will. Um, but I, I will watch both of those and uh, love the Longest Yard, the original with Burt Reynolds. That's another one that comes to mind. Um, Brian's Song, obviously a great movie. Uh, North Dallas Forty, uh, a really good movie. I enjoyed. I never saw Concussion with Will Smith. I may have to watch that. Uh, trying to think if there are any ones. Gus, how about Gus uh, with Don Knotts and the kicking uh, donkey jackass? Uh, that was a, school ties, I guess, counts. Uh, uh, Wildcats, I enjoyed with Goldie Hawn and Nipsey Russell. Uh, I know I'm going off here, uh, but let's go with Gus. I'll pick that as my. I'll pick that as my. As uh, how about Best of Times with Robin Williams and Kurt Russell? Also a good one. So, uh, yeah, Gus. I love Gus. And how can you not love Don Knotts? Uh, that's it for the folks that use the HF mail hashtag. Let me go to the people that don't know how to follow directions, of which Pat Harvey, I'm sure, is one of them. Uh, let's see here. Yep, here's one from Pat from this morning when I re when I um, quote tweet, tweeted my tweet from last night soliciting questions for the podcast. What will Iowa's record be in the three games against Ohio State, Michigan, and Wisconsin this season? I have two and one in the predictions that I put out yesterday. Again, Rob Howe, HN, you can find that article there. What will Iowa's record be in the three games against Ohio State, Michigan, and Wisconsin? I have Iowa losing at Ohio State and beating Wisconsin and Michigan at home. Um, Just my guess there. Um, Obviously, I think the Ohio State, and this isn't me breaking any news here or going out on the limb. Ohio State, to me, is by far the hardest game on the schedule, not only because of the, the it's Ohio State and the talent on that roster, but also that it's on the road. Um, just a really hard place to play. Uh, Ohio State's – both teams will be coming off a bye week, but Ohio State will have an extra week to prepare for that one. Um, so, yeah, I just – be great if Iowa was able to win that game. I just – I don't see it sitting here today on August 9th. I'm looking at it on paper. Um, we'll see what happens with Michigan. I want to see Michigan do it again under Harbaugh and put together a type of season that can get it, get it in the college football playoff, I think it's going to be a little bit of a drop-off for them. And that, see, that, to me, sets up as a classic 
Kinnick upset game. You look for those on the schedule where the crowd is just going to, like Penn State last year, Ohio State 17, Michigan 16. Um, I think though that, that game kind of shapes up like that for me. And then Wisconsin, again, I think Wisconsin is a bit overrated at this point, and that's another game where I think Iowa and the home crowd being home uh, and uh, maybe taking a few more chances in that game will uh, will lead to an Iowa victory. So I got two and one, uh, but anything's possible with those three. Uh, let's see here. I think. Uh, Let's see. I think Pat had another question here. Who will be Iowa's third leading scorer in men's basketball? Um, so I think it'll be Chris and, and Patrick will be the two, one and two. And then I think Perkins will be three. Um, or I could see Perkins two and Patrick three. I think Chris Murray probably leads them. But it'll, those will be the top three in some order. Chris Murray, Patrick McCaffrey, and Tony Perkins. I feel pretty confident. In saying that, that those will be your top three scores, uh, and the order that I would put them in right now is Chris, Patrick, Tony. That's just my guess. Uh, we'll see as the season runs out. But really, as I've said all along in the off season, I really like that trio to kind of build around and be your three main options, and then work around those three. Uh, and I think it. Uh, Whoever has the matchup on a given night, the best matchup, maybe the one who leads them in scoring. I think it could be. I don't think you're going to see a Luca Garza, Keegan Murray type season where somebody scores in the 20s. I think you're going to have like uh, mid teens for those guys in some way, shape, or form. So, uh, yeah. And Keegan, uh, the other part of. um, the other part of Pat Hardy's question, Keegan Johnson having Keegan Johnson having 700 yards receiving or the Williams combo combining for 1,500 yards rushing. That's a more difficult question for me. I'm going to go under on both of those numbers, to be honest with you. Keegan Johnson still has to prove that he's healthy and ready to go. Um, I think he will, uh, but I wonder how much this, you know, down, t- you know, being off the field as much as he has in this off season. And for, he's only a true sophomore. So he missed a lot of development time this off season. So I would probably go with the Williams combo. Um, but I think that's going to be a hard number to reach to the 1500 yards combined. Um, I don't know. Uh, what did Iowa rush for last year? Uh, eh, Iowa had 1731 last year. Um, 1789. In 2019, yeah, I mean, they've been, I'll say the Williams. Now that I look at it, I didn't really realize that 1,500 was not a uh, a very high mark. Um, so, yeah, I will go. Iowa averaged 123 a game last year on the ground uh, and ended up with 1731 in a really down year. So I will go with the Williams combo in that question and i think that might be it for this week's podcast i don't see um don't see any more questions in here i apologize if i missed anybody's questions uh you can re-ask them for next week's podcast you can um as i public service psa here um if you have a question during the week 
uh, after hearing this podcast before I record again next Tuesday, certainly can um, can ask at any time during the week um, and use the hashtag HFmail and I'll be able to find it. If you don't use that hashtag, it's going to be that much harder for me to find it going back through um, to look for questions that may have been asked during the week. Uh, my feed isn't crazy on Twitter. I try not to tweet like 10 times an hour. I tweet a few times a day. Um, so it's not that jammed up, but, um, still hard to find if you don't use the hashtag. So I appreciate those who use the hashtag HF mail. Uh, I also appreciate our sponsors, Wild Rose Casino Systems Unlimited, Edward Jones, and our new, uh, about to be sponsored, Jim Street Maintenance Plumbing. Uh, hopefully we'll have a read for them soon. So, and I also appreciate all of you folks for listening and everybody who sent in questions. Uh, we're ramping up here. Media Day on Friday, uh, Kids Day on Saturday. We'll have a lot more to talk about moving forward here as we get closer to the season. Looking forward to it. Excited for football. Hopefully you guys are too. Thanks again, everybody. Thanks, everybody, for listening. The questions, sponsors, all that good stuff. Have a great rest of your week, and we will talk to you next Tuesday. Peace.